I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about comedian controversies. Now, you can find me and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Lisa Evers, and you can catch up on all of our Street Soldiers episodes, both Hot 97 Radio and Fox 5 TV, free of charge, on lisaevers.com. You can also find our Street Soldiers podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Now, in this episode, we're focusing on comedian controversies and asking the question, has America lost its sense of humor? The biggest name comedians have always pushed the boundaries of what's socially acceptable. It's part of what makes them so exciting and entertaining. But thanks to cameras, phones, social media, a comedian's jokes and comments can quickly turn into controversy and go viral. So where do we draw the line between what's funny and what's truly offensive? We're going to try to find that out with our panel. Joining me for this episode, Josh McBride. He's the East Coast reporter for the Daily Buzz. He's also an entertainment expert and commentator. You've seen him on many, many TV shows. Josh, great to have you with us. Good to be here. Thanks for Thank having me. Thank you so much. Also with us is Rip Michaels. He's the entertainer extraordinaire. That's the title. He's a star of MTV's Wild and Out. He's also a star of the new uh, new show on Netflix, Off the Rip, with co-host Cardi B. Great to have you with us. Thank you, my princess. <laughs> Thank you. That's really okay. <laughs> also joining us is we'll get into that. Um, also joining us is Clayton Davis. He's the editor and owner of AwardSurgate.com. He's also the founder of the Latino Entertainment Journalists Association, and Clayton is also a member of the African American Film Critics Association. Clayton, great to have you with us. How do you have me follow up the wave? I mean, uh, no, you can't even do that. Well, you with well, the yeah. first question. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> As you look around the entertainment landscape, because yeah. you cover many shows, many programs, all sorts of uh, celebrities as well, have we become more sensitive as a country? Uh, sensitive may not be the correct word. I think we are hyper aware of past indiscretions or, or past uh, things that may be deemed offensive. Um, I think where we are in particular today is that we are really quick to go and search and seek out these past things that we may not be necessarily proud of and may have been funny at that time or period. Um, I think as a country, and, and media uh, plays a big part in that, I think we need to get to the place of forgiveness and understanding. Um, however, I think we have to give responsibility to the people who commit these deeds. Commit these deeds. All right, that's yeah. a, that's that sounds like shots fired to me, Josh. In in terms of the in, in terms of people going back into history, you know, society has changed a lot. Our awareness has changed a lot. I mean, things even from our food to our mores to our social lives change dramatically. Awareness has increased in a lot of areas. A lot more tolerance in a lot of areas as well. But when it comes to comedy, to go back to a comedian's routine from years ago, what's your like we saw with the Kevin Hart situation? What do you think about that? Yeah, I still think that there's this line, and I don't think it's that fine anymore of what to sort of say and not to say. I think that there's this there's this stronger, thicker line that says, um, I can be self-deprecating and be funny because that's who I am, but when it comes for coming for someone else's culture or nationality or uh, how they identify in, in the LGBT space, I think that there is this thick line that says, I'm not going to come for anybody else, but if I'm talking about my own culture or my own way of life, uh, I can be funny because that's me. It's, it's, we've had a conversation, there's been a lot of other conversations about um, being able to use uh, the N-word, right? And if it's appropriate for anybody. And I have, I've always said that as a white man, absolutely never, no way, no how. But 
I can't answer that as a black man or as a black woman saying, is it okay for me to use it? Because I didn't grow up with the term. It's not a part of my culture. Um, I just personally would never use it, and I don't think so. That's one line. There's one line that cannot be crossed. Totally. Rip, Rip, Rip is a comedian. I mean, you, you do stand up. You've you know done performed a lot in front of a lot of different types of groups. How do you personally? Did you ever like go? Oh wait a minute, I went too far with that, or you could tell by the reaction, or. Well, um, to piggyback off what they said, that um, yeah, the, the America has become super insensitive, like on Off the Rip. I don't know if you knew this, but or not, but we had a clip that it, me and Cardi did from one of our sketches. was called The Real House of the Civil Rights Movement, and Cardi B played Coretta Scott King, and it got a lot of people offended, and it was only because her accent was so thick. It was a great sketch, funny, had a lot of informative things, but people didn't see that because they were just blinded by the fact that Cardi B, because she doesn't do accents, she's going to always sound like Cardi B no matter what character. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she played, so... Um, and and we were just poking funny. It wasn't like we were poking fun at uh, the Civil Rights Movement or the Real Housewives of the Civil Rights Movement. We were just poking fun at the fact that we were making fun and mockery of the shows that you see today. Like, you see all the basketball wives where everything, and these these women are just super ratchet, throwing drinks in each other's faces. Right. And we were showing that these women back then wouldn't be like that. Can you imagine if these women of class would subject themselves to that? And then everybody got super mad. I was ended up on TMZ trying to explain that uh, Martin Luther King's daughter was trying to Whoa. be offensive at the same time. So, yeah, it is super sensitive. And then people who watch the entire sketch was like, okay, I get it. Okay, she, uh, you know, it is what it is. I mean, as far as everyone knows, Martin Luther King had indiscretions. Everyone knows that Martin Luther King had a lot of women. I mean, come on, they were taking buses. Even my mom was a, a civil rights groupie. <laughs> her and her friends used to go down and sleep with Martin Luther King and all of them. They used to call themselves Freedom Riders. So it just lets you know. There's <laughs> <laughs> time and a place for everything. <laughs> See, they laugh. See? Yeah, of funny, course. It's funny. But did you, were you surprised that people got so offended by that? Yes, I, I was surprised they got so offended by that. Being on TMZ and then trying to explain the one way Cardi did where she got, because uh, Cardi is Spanish and we did this thing called etiquette. And it's uh, showing people how to be a proper which was more of a, a relive sketch from Eddie Murphy when he did a how, how do you want to be a and he did the thing when he was trying to show. And this etiquette thing was just showing women how to be a proper since everyone wants to do it. What better person to teach you than Cardi B how to be a proper What do you do when one guy's downstairs and another guy's upstairs and you call this thing called bath? It's when you go, <laughs> the thing. But you know, a lot of people got a lot of different terminologies for it. A lot of people got offended because she was like, oh, you may call it a and a using Puerto the H word. And, 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 and using the H word. But what, what, what about, what do you think about I'll, that? I'll say, combining what Josh was speaking in. Uh, and you guys feel free to jump in, please. Yeah. Um, I think as a collective media watching society we don't have a level of consistency on what we deem to be offensive for one person to say versus another and I say this as someone who's both Puerto Rican and black and I think there's this gray area where certain people live and I put myself in this gray area so if I said the n-word as someone who's black but light skin it may get a half a second extra look as opposed to someone who isn't light skin like me and just a regular dark skin black man living in living in America. So I think we are just not consistent on our feelings and I think it becomes confusing to everyone collectively about what What can you say what and what can what, what, what can't like, you say? I, I think Josh has a great idea and he's like, listen, as a white man, I shouldn't say the N word. Especially and with the E R. Yeah, never, the ER. never exactly the ER. or or, <laughs> or or at all, like in in, in, in general, but I think I think we all need to like kind of take a step back and start learning about each other. And I say each other, I mean each other's cultures. About yeah, but do we? Is, is society, Josh, really built for that? We're we're like in the insta age. Everything has to be instant. 
and people he see a headline, they see one headline, which sometimes, as I'm sure you know, Clayton, when yeah. you're, you're re researching and reading things and writing things, people will see a headline that, and you too, doesn't really have anything to do with the story that is follows it, and they'll see the headline and they'll base their judgment on that, and then the outrage machinery goes into full blown, you know, full blown mode. Yeah, I think the hard part is with these comedians that are involved in this space. Some think it is okay to. Uh, cross the line and stay over the line we before this show we, we started talking about Louis CK and how he was in a, a room of Ricky Gervais and Chris Rock and Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld, Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. uh, Louis CK thought it was completely okay to say the n-word uh, uh, with the ER at the end and say that that's that was okay for him to say and him and Chris Rock had a, had a, had a dialogue about it now he thought it was okay Jerry Seinfeld was in the same room and said that he can't find the humor in it Jerry Seinfeld, to me, thought, you know, logically saying, I'm not going to cross over that line. He was, right, a, voice, so he was a voice of reason in there. And I, think, and I think in that instance, a lot, a lot of people from the black community felt that Chris Rock didn't stick up for the black community as being the only black man in that room. Th th that's just a general feeling about it. I'm not saying I agree with that, but there are people. No, All right, Twitter, we're, we're going yeah. to pick, pick up on that when we come back. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be right back. Yeah, yeah, NYC, what up? You already know who this is. Your boy, Uncle Murder, a.k.a. East New York. And right now, you're listening to Street Soldiers live on Hot 97 with Lisa Evers. Real people, real issues, real politics. You heard? Brooklyn. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about comedian controversies. Where do we draw the line between what's acceptable and what isn't? Joining me for this conversation, Josh McBride. He's the East Coast reporter for the Daily Buzz and also an entertainment expert and commentator. Josh, great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Also with us is Rip Michaels, entertainer extraordinaire, star of MTV's Wild and Out, and also he's co-host with Cardi B of the new show Off the Rip on Netflix. Rip, great to have you with us. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you so much. Also joining us is Clayton Davis. He's the editor and owner of AwardCircuit.com. He's the founder of the Latino Entertainment Journalists Association and also a member of the African American Film Critics Association. Clayton, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Let's talk about the Oscars for a yeah. minute. They approached Kevin Hart, mm -hmm. wanted him to be the host of it. I guess last year, maybe you can tell us, give us a little bit of the history sure, here. Sure, yeah. So Kevin Hart gets approached uh, to host the Oscars. is a lifelong dream of his. Uh, accepts the gig, and then uh, videos emerge from his past stand-ups uh, saying some really insensitive things about the LGBTQ community. Um, and the problem, I feel, and everyone can chime in here, is not necessarily what was said. It was his reaction to the anger that people were upset with him for what he said. So, which was seven or eight years ago. Was right? seven, eight, seven or eight years ago when he spoke about when he spoke about uh, his son. Uh, he wants his son not to be gay. Right. So in, in this situation, he says what he. It comes out. He's you know trying to defend himself, but he's delegitimize delegitimizing the feelings that the LGBTQ community are having regarding his words. And I believe had he just immediately came out and just been like. Sorry, my bad. Eight years ago, I was a knucklehead. I, I tried to do better. I will do better. Everyone would have been fine with it. But for 24 hours or so, he was rambling on on Instagram live feeds, saying nonsense and, like, d defending his actions, but not in a I'm sorry way. Like, that, that's just who I am, and y'all need to just accept it. And like if he had said, Josh, do you think if he had said, "I'm I'm so sorry that was seven or eight years ago. I've come to understand a lot more. 
I don't feel that way now. Do you think that would have changed it? Yeah, you think it was the reaction that just blew that into this whole, you know, hurricane of disaster? Absolutely. There wasn't an initial apology, which I think is the hard part. And and um, I, I know Kevin. I've worked with Kevin before. I've interviewed Kevin before. And, and he's, he's a genuinely nice person. I don't think he meant any harm by it. My problem was, again, like Clayton said, there was no initial apology. The apology came days later on The Ellen Show when he, you know, formally kind of apologized um, but this was com almost like when you're a little kid and you're you're stuck in your way and you're you're I'm not getting out of my room for. And they got you, you by the back of the neck, like go apologize to him. And 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 it's a no, but but no one was pressuring him to apologize in the first place. I don't think there was like this need to apologize. The fact of the matter is, if he had apologized initially and said, you know what, like that isn't me anymore. We have. To, I mean, I was thinking about this as Clinton was talking. Hillary Clinton, when she ran for president she, ten years ago, eight years ago, she said um, a marriage should be between a man and a, a woman. Now she runs for president and she's open to. LGBT marriage, things yeah. like that. So people change, I understand it, but there was no initial sense of like, here's the issue. You know, I, I don't mean those things I said anymore. People screw up and people move on. Yeah, me, me but, but it was oh. under the, but rip it, this, that was all under the context of comedy too. Um, I mean, first of all, yeah, look at comedy. Comedy is tragedy turned upside down. That's what comedy is. That's pure definition of comedy. That's what it's always set up to be is taking something tragic or taking something that's unpopular or taking something that's negative and turning it into something positive. That's what comedy is. So um, for him to apologize and Kevin has uh, been apologizing that for so many times. Like that's been haunting him. So it's like, okay, enough. Enough, I'm not going to keep apologizing. I'm going to live in my lane of my voice of comedy. This is comedy. It's, it's backdated. I shouldn't have to apologize for the type of comedy, and that was the climate of comedy back then. If you look at climate of comedy, that's what everybody was doing back then. So for, there were, there were a lot of, a lot of apologize for the same thing over and over again, afterwards you go like, you know what? Either you're going to be a fan of my comedy or not. And that's what comedy is. It's supposed to be subjective to people. People are not supposed to like your comedy. It's not supposed to be for everybody. You have a lane and a core people of uh, people who follow what you do or like. Because uh, there's so many different forms of comedy. It's slapstick. It's, it's so many different ways of doing it. And, and you, you don't have to please everybody. I think that the hard part here is, though, that he was asked to host the Oscars, which is like the Super Bowl for the LGBT community. Uh, yes, that is. is the real yes. underlying problem here, is that he was asked to host our biggest award show, our Super Bowl that there is. It, it's not the Bravo right. Awards. It's not. Yeah. It's not, <laughs> not Real Housewives reunions. <laughs> yeah, we don't. Okay. Uh, and and th for us, it was, it, you know, it was offensive, but, but playing into it now, it was kind of like... Just accept it because you work with all these people. These people are all around you. This is Hollywood, you know? Right, and he's made so many movies. He's a huge yeah. star. Yeah. So right. he, he probably had relationships with many people. And I can't imagine he really feels that way now. I mean, again, it was he, he used that as a joke. I mean, I'm sure the guy has people all around him surrounded that are part of this community. Right. Yeah. yeah, and I think what we have we have to do, and I say we as media-watching people, and I think, Rip, you're going to be able to agree with this, Comedy is. Well, I don't know. I, I, I mean, you never we're, know. We're but try we'll find out. Well, <laughs> comedy is is an evolution. It has evolved for years and years and years. Right. Talk, talk about like you know, uh, Larry Moe and Curly moving into now. I mean, like All in the Family, thirty five years ago, wow. isn't funny today because super racist and like some super like offensive things that happen. But comedy is constantly changing and we, we we as a community watching it we have to just be able to compartmentalize when it's taking place as someone like who grew up in new york and new jersey right and witnessed 9 11 right i never thought 9 11 would ever be funny 
in a stand-up routine in any type of context. But then I watch a movie, The Big Sick. Kumail Nanjiani does this one joke that is honestly the joke of the year. It's also about, like, he lost, we lost some of our best guys that day. And I found myself on the floor rolling. And I think we have to just be able to know that it's not for everyone. Some people are going to find this funny. Some people won't. And that's okay. You don't need to find what I find funny in order to. But, to but why should it derail? But rip. But the, it's a question of it's it's giving him taking in the Kevin Hart case taking away from him the this opportunity this international platform. And I would just say he didn't get taken away from him. He well, he, he, wa- he he walked away. I mean, he walked yeah, away. Yeah, that that was the big. And then key there was there. the whole thing with Ellen De, Ellen yeah. DeGeneres. But have you ever had to? Apologize for something that you've said in a, in a stand-up routine. Uh, no, I, my fan base isn't that. My fan base is weird. They follow me. With, I'm just really. If you like Rip Michaels, you just like Rip Michaels, and I don't. I don't. You know, adhere to different things. Like I do all forms of comedy. If you watch any of my stuff, I do slapstick. I do uh, self-deprecation. I do storytelling. I do play on words. I do intellectual. So it doesn't really. For me, it's just me being myself, and I, I would never want to be in a microphone where I'm trying to appease everybody because then I lose who I am. And that's to me, comedy is the last truest form of entertainment. It's you, a microphone, and your opinion. And that's what it was always supposed to be. It's supposed to be a guilty pleasure. You're supposed to like, oh my God, why am I laughing at this? I hate this so much. I, it's me. I'm listening to Richard Pryor records in the house and I'm not supposed to. Oh my God, this is so dirty. Red Fox, this is so dirty. Or, or it, it just, I don't know, it's taking away from what, it, what it's supposed to be if you're just trying to make everybody laugh. It's only living you making fun of yourself. Yeah. That's it. What about funny when it used to be like the Steve Martin's, Billy Crystal's, Whoopi Goldberg's who hosted the Oscars? That's my problem is like, were they offensive? I always think to myself, like, were they offensive when they I mean, hosted? They, they pushed the boundaries when at they the host, time. Or when, or when they were always hosted. Okay, okay, no, 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 Whoopi Goldberg's material, and talking about dope Right. You watch her material, you'll be like, if you went back. It's not the view. It's not the view. It's not the Is it derogatory to a certain person, culture, or race, or I mean, I'm sure there are people that will find anything offensive in any routine. I think the where the the Kevin Hart thing really comes into play, I think you touched on this, Rip, is that as a media society, Hot 97 is geared towards, right, a certain demographic. Right. Fox 5 News is geared towards a demographic. Right. Everything... That we it's geared do towards in life the demographic. Is, yeah, we can't be for everyone. There's right. no, no one network that is for everyone. Comedy is the same the same way. I think we need to be sensitive to other people's feelings, though. So when you do something offensive and people call you out on it, you can apologize and say, sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. That It was part of my shtick and accept my apology or not, and then we move on from it. I think that's where we need to get into that level of understanding. Well, I mean, but it comes to a point as a comedian, you got enough is enough. Like, look at Nick with NBC when he, with, with the whole stand-up. Nick can't those, talking about, you know, right. The stand-up those shoes special. Um, him, and I was a part of that, that wave, and that was just, you know, him saying, okay, I, I can't keep being this person. These these things are funny. I'm riding in the guidelines. This yeah. is funny. It's just a comedy. It's just jokes. Like, you guys are taking it seriously. It's a stand-up show. You bought a ticket yeah. to see stand-up. You bought a ticket to laugh. You bought a ticket to be, to, 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 to enjoy entertainment in my brand of comedy. Yeah. It's not like I'm just sitting they're pushing it out on people or just run up on people telling jokes like, hey, black man, white man, Chinese man, come on. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> I'm not pushing yeah. my brand on you. You're yeah. buying a ticket. You're seeing who I am. And you yeah. know what you're, you know what you you're, know getting what you're into. getting into. All right, we're going to talk about that. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be right back. Yo, this is Shaggy and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, real people. 
only on Hot 97. Shug it up. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about comedian controversies. Where do we draw the line between what's funny and what's just plain offensive? Joining me for this conversation, Josh McBride. He's in the East Coast reporter for the Daily Buzz. He's also an entertainment expert and commentator. Josh, great to have you on the show. Great to be here. Thank you so much. Also with us is Rip Michaels. He's an entertainer extraordinaire, the entertainer extraordinaire, and also star of MTV's Wild and Out. Rip, great to have you with us. I'm super excited. Exuberant. Okay. Good morning, my people. Exuberant. <laughs> All right, except it's the evening. All right, Clayton, da Clayton Davis. No, that's how we talk. Yeah. Um, Clay also with us is Clayton Davis. He's the editor and owner of AwardCircuit.com. He's the founder of the Latino Entertainment Journalists Association, and he's also a member of the African American Film Critics Association. Clayton, great to have you I with us. I want new panelists. <laughs> you want new panelists? So bad. <laughs> okay. I want a new panel. <laughs> one of the panel. Just okay. one new panel. You didn't tell All me right. you was the president Rip. of Goya. Uh, you <laughs> He's also the vice president of Goya. I don't know if he told you. Oh, <laughs> Can we? So you're gonna hit him up for some? I didn't want to say I that. Mean, <laughs> can, can I get a black? Can I get a black brand though too? Can I get Goya and something else? <laughs> Go on, Uncle Ben's rice. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I need, I need both. I need, no, no, it's I rice with me, baby. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to yeah, say yeah. anything. <laughs> Sorry. Comedian controversy. I don't want to say anything. <laughs> Let me not interrupt. I don't want to interrupt here. I need to be We're, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Rip, you perform all over the country, allegedly. I just perform here. No, there's no, there's no proof of this. I don't want to say anything, but just from eight thousand. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. Rip's gonna have a Netflix yeah. docu series okay. on his like stand up around the country. You're gonna find out what really happened. Exactly. Do you find that certain jokes go over really well in one place and they just totally bomb in another because they don't get it? Or because the culture's different or the local lifestyle's different? Um, <laughs> Goya joke. <laughs> yeah. No, like, would they get Goya in Atlanta? Yeah, yeah. They will definitely get yeah, Goya in good. Atlanta. They okay. definitely get Goya in Atlanta. Uh, but yeah, to, to be totally honest, the climate does change from where you go. Certain things fly in certain cities and certain shows don't. Like in colleges, they're they're more conservative. So those, some of the things you say in a nightclub are going to be totally different from what you would say at a college. Mm -hmm. um, they're more aware. They're very sensitive. When I do college now, it's totally changed. They're very sensitive. You can't step on toes. And the college board and uh, NAC are like, oh, these things cannot be said. You can't make fun of anybody. So only in the college, you can only do self-deprecating or talk about celebs when you do college. Wow. So do they, they actually say to you beforehand, like when you're speaking at a college, like, make sure you stay away from this, stay away from that? Oh, yes. You would definitely get a contract, and they will not pay you if you do go over these lines or if you offend anyone because they want it to be just a fun show for everyone, and unlike a comedy club. And in comedy clubs, certain things don't fly in conservative comedy clubs versus, um, I guess, more urban comedy clubs. Mm -hmm. um, you got to be really careful. Some of the things they will not allow you to say and take you off stage. They have do's and don'ts now. Like, it's just, it's, it's totally changing. The even, at the cl even at a club. It's, like, a private totally club changing. owner will say, listen, I need you to, we want you to be you, yes. but we within don't want you guidelines. to talk now about this. Now you have this. to be you within these guidelines. Unless you're, um, unless you're like Chris Rock and everyone's just like, it's Chris Rock. We know what we're getting with Chris Rock. Unless right. you're just doing arenas and that's what it's becoming. It's becoming to the point where comedy is very difficult to do because you, you can offend everybody with everything you say, no matter what you say. You can say something about hot dogs in the vegan community. Be like, hot dogs are not good for you. You can talk about cigarettes. It's just... It's just so many. There's so many more people you can offend there's now. So many, there's so many groups have banded together. Um, you name it, it's a cause for it. Yeah. It's like people who don't iron their shirts. It's a group of people <laughs> <laughs> who don't like <laughs> And I don't want to say anything, but... <laughs> <laughs> 
it's, it's you very, love them, very, okay? No, and, it, and especially like you know, being a mixed person like you know him, it, it, it allows it lets you, let you know like, wow, oh, I have an uncle. You have to explain that it's for someone you know or it's part of your culture for it to be acceptable. In yeah. order to say that, yeah. In order can, to can I piggyback off that? Especially as someone from a mixed race, like growing up, like I grew up in the Bronx, right? And I and I lived in a predominantly black neighborhood. I wasn't black enough for the black people because I wasn't dark. And then I moved to Jersey in a predominantly Hispanic neighborhood, but I didn't speak Spanish too well. I wasn't Puerto Rican enough for the Puerto Rican people. I'm not white, so I'm not white enough for the white people. So I think in comedy, you're trying to appeal your your uh, physical appearance. To your audience more so, because uh, if I did of what stand, they think you of are, what they think you as opposed are, to what and, they know you well, are, what they will accept you saying in that in that aspect, like Chelsea Handler hosting the VMAs in 2010, which is like the third highest uh, rated, I think, VMAs in history. She said a lot of offensive stuff that day and got a lot of flack for it, but you know she was able to move on and just go about her business. And then you talk about like old TV shows, something like The Office, which is. I still watch it like at least once or twice a week. My daughter loves this show. Yeah, with Steve Carell, you can't do The Office today. No, and and have it be taken the same way and get laughs out of it. You have to watch it knowing full well this was 2005 and this is okay for 2005. Yeah, and you you brought up Chelsea Handler, Josh. Yeah. What about the, a, a different set of standards for female comedians versus male comedians? I don't. Do we tolerate more from the guys or not? I don't think so because Chelsea Handler, uh, Sarah Silverman, Amy Schumer all got flack at, right after Kevin Hart. Uh, definitely not as much, but they also weren't asked to host the Oscars as well. And not as big as stars? Yes, yeah. I, I, I would say so. Um, and they also got flack for their, <clears throat> I, I think it was humor against yeah. the LGBT community. Uh, all of them three were perceived differently because they've shown a lot more support to the LGBT community as well. Um, going back to Kevin Hart, I, I believe he had a conversation with Don Lemon right after just to piggyback off of the Kevin Hart conversation. Um, and Don said, well, why don't you, you, you give something back or do something for, you know, so that these people don't feel neglected from your, from your, what you've said in comedy. And he said, you know, that's just not why I'm, why I was put here. That's not why I, that's not something that I, I, I think that I need to be doing or, or he doesn't want to put his energy towards that. And again, that's a personal choice. So like, of course, do what you want to do. Yeah. But yeah, he, he, he could have threw it back to the gay community threw it back on them. I mean, yeah, you um, atone for your sins. Like, you know, you just move you move on and do... Go ahead. What, what's wrong with the tone? No, no I'm not. Uh, I didn't say anything. What, are you going to have, like, beef here or something uh, right uh, now? I was, I, was waiting, I, was waiting, I was waiting for the joke to come when I said atone <laughs> right. for your sin. You know, say with your, with no, your pre-sweater no, saying no, atone no, for your no, sin. No, no, no. It's just that... No, no, to answer a question, I mean, it's, it is a double standard. I mean, look with Roseanne. I mean, mm. look yeah. what happened with Roseanne. Lost her whole television show over a, a drunk tweet. Like... It's very, very sensitive times, and and but was that allowed? Like, it was that funny from a comedian yeah. standpoint. Was well, that Roseanne funny? fans, if you're a true Roseanne fan, her show is based on what a trailer park and yeah. everything like that. Of Middle course, America. to them, that was funny. Right, that was hilarious. She wasn't yeah. doing it. But Can then you're talking out, about was... broadcast TV, like you're talking yeah. about with the Academy well, she, Awards, yeah. where in, you have. In fairness, Roseanne's been offensive. Oh my for god, decades. for a long right. time, for decades. Right. Roseanne. I mean, this wasn't like a personality switch, no. and all and, of a sudden. And you know what's hilarious? The people that came out and were like gung ho, like, no, you shouldn't cancel Roseanne were the same people that were super offended when she sang the national anthem like a dummy and then like grabbed her crotch and spit and all that and they were like how dare you it was that same group that were like take her, her stuff off the air we don't want her here and then they were all like oh no come back 
<laughs> we like you. But that's but also the the element of broadcast television yeah. plays into it because now you're talking about FCC licensed stations. Mm-hmm. You're talking yeah. about uh, advertising sponsored stations. What role, how how heavy a pressure is that? Oh, I mean, listen, networks are under pressure. I mean, just just go to the Me Too movement for for a moment, like. If anyone is getting accused of anything at this point, like the networks need to act in a timely manner. Um, I also think that as a community, we have not said it out loud, but have maybe decided that certain things are forgivable in some aspects and not. Like Louis C.K. before the whole Parkland stand-up uh, thing that went. And explain what that, that is real quick. Oh, so sorry. People Louis C.K. did a stand-up routine a few weeks ago or, or got recorded. And he made fun of the Parkland students who survived the school shootings, and it was not taken well via Twitter and every other social media uh, outlet. You got heavily attacked for that. Yeah. So Louis C.K. prior to that, and prior to a lot of that stuff, when he got a, when he had his Me Too uh, moment, he, I, I had said to myself, I think he'll be back one day because I think we had collectively said. He apologized in a, in a news outlet or, or a newspaper or something. I thought it. Yeah, and then he was like, I'm going to take a step back for a while. And everyone was like, okay, and one day you'll return, and then we will you know, maybe try to move on from it. But there's certain things that are unforgivable, and I think that's where— And the, con- that's, a, that's a hard spot. What about Rip, Rip in, terms of the, in terms of the material that people find funny? Has that changed in this changing climate? A thousand percent. Uh, it's it's uh, it's a thousand percent change. I mean, you're gonna like I was telling you're gonna offend someone with, no matter what you say. It's totally changed when the Louis C.K. thing, um, what he did, or or the Roseanne thing, or the like, these are people giving their opinions. These are people giving their opinions, and it's 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 sad that because our art as a comedian is to turn tragedy. So to whoever can take the most tragic thing and shed light to it, or or even make it funny and make us laugh at this huge pain, that makes you a great comedian. That's mm-hmm. what a great comedian is. But now you're taking that. You can't do that anymore you so can't now, touch now this topics you can't even talk about anymore that you used to dave Chappelle got in trouble for his special that he had to apologize when he was talking about um uh, uh i believe it was um it was um he was talking about transsexuals and he was talking about well if you don't look like a if you you look like a you don't look like a suzanne you still look like a dave i'm not going to call you suzanne i'm not going to play into your fantasy and right. he had to do this huge apology yeah or netflix was going to cancel his whole thing and it's just that sad because dave Chappelle's a brilliant comedian and there's truth inside of it we educate with comedy for someone who may not who never met a person like that or who've who yeah. never experienced things and that's what we shed light on and to not be able to do that anymore is kind of sad. And that's Josh, what, what about sense. that? Because I'm sorry. Because yeah, also we're, we're in an era too where pe- people do want the headline. They do want that. They want do want their comments or their video or whatever to go viral, to to get the fans, to get the followers, and that that type of thing. Is this putting a damper on that? Uh, potentially, I think that there's still this shock value that we all need. But I, I'm, I keep coming back to in my head when, during this conversation of what is the line and where do you draw it. So uh, Rip was talking about when when you go to a college that you can't say certain things at a college, and then you can't say certain things when you go to uh, a private comedy club, and you can't do this when you. So at what point are you a comedian for you, where where it's you being the comedian and saying something funny? that's funny to you that you want to express and tell the joke uh, that can be funny to everybody without sort of reservations, I guess, or uh, holding back from... Or does everybody... It's kind of like thought police. Does everybody have to think the same, be the same, right? And and, and, believe the same? How much thought has to go into, oh, before I say that, I have to make sure that there's no Jewish people in here because this could offend Jews, or... I guess self-deprecating is really the only thing that probably works because it's all about it's all from you. you But I guess my question, I mean, does it necessarily. So 
I, my question to you, Rip, when you're when you're doing a stand up routine, um, and you're doing self allegedly doing a all, when you're allegedly making people laugh, <laughs> allegedly, uh, allegedly, yeah, yeah. allegedly. Uh, when he you're says d- he allegedly <laughs> on the next, hey, hey, and, on I've, the next. And, I've seen, and I've seen some of your bits, man. You're actually very funny. Okay. But um, when, when, when you're making oh, jokes, that was nice. Yeah, <laughs> that really sounded sincere. All right, we need to, we need to take a break before we start the beef. Let's save that for the, before we start beef. We need to take we need to take a break. I'm just saying, okay. I'm Lisa Evers, also Street Soldiers. We'll be right back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Salute. This is General Steele from Smith & Wesson. And right now you're listening to Street Soldiers with your girl Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 97. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about comedian controversies. Where do we draw the line between what's funny and acceptable and what's not? Joining me for this conversation, Josh McBride. He's the East Coast reporter for the Daily Buzz. He's also an entertainment expert and commentator. Josh, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Also with us is Rip Michaels. He's an entertainer extraordinaire. And he's also a star of MTV's Wild and Out. Rip, great to have you with us. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> also with us is Clayton Davis. He's an ed- editor and owner of AwardCircuit.com. He's the founder of the Latino Entertainment Journalists Association. He's also a member of the African American Film Critics Association. Clayton, great to have you Thank with you, us. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so mm, much. Okay, voice. so... Yeah. Would it, <laughs> <laughs> so okay. it was black voice. Thank you, Lisa. Some comedy <laughs> clubs, like right. when you go to a celebrity party or when you go to federal court, you got to check your phone. Mm. What do you think about that, Clayton? So people can't record the uh, performance oh, ooh. live. Um, I don't know. Um, for Rick, me, what do you think about that? It has to. It has to happen because what happens is you do a stand-up comedy. We work on routines, so sometimes they're not going to be great because as a comedian, you can't perfect a joke without a crowd. I can write the funniest things, but so I, it's a it process. Takes, it's a process to write a joke. I say something funny. I, I write it down. I jot it down. Then I make it funny. I write for a lot of comedians too. So what happens is you work on this material to perfect it. So the first time, it takes three times to make a joke funny to know that it's there to get the rhythm, the timing and the cadence down to make sure that the joke works, make sure it tr- works in different crowds. And if it's a great joke, can you close with it? Can you end with it? Where do you place it in your bit? So when you have people recording you, they'll catch you at the times when a joke is not perfected. You're just going out, because we'll go to these comedy clubs just like, ah, I got to go out tonight and work this joke. I know it's going to be super funny. And then you catch it, and then it's like, oh, wow, that was horrible. <clears throat> Rip Michael's bombs at a club, and that's what people do now. So when you go to shows now, people like Kevin Hart and people like, uh, you know, well, like Tiffany Haddish. She yeah. had she had the the controversy. Well, not a controversy, but like she bombed at a club. She bombed and, at, a, at an arena. A, yeah, an arena. And I and huge I huge arena. New Year's Eve. And maybe because I'm not. <laughs> not no, I didn't want to say anything, but <laughs> it was definitely a lot of people there. And, and, and maybe because I'm not a stand-up comedian. Maybe because I'm not a stand-up comedian, but I think it was very normal to like or normalizing to see Tiffany Haddish bomb at a big arena. Not if she paid what $150. Well, I, I mean, it, it sucks for those people that paid, but as someone that like watches media and watches the evolution of a of a star emerge before our eyes, Tiffany Haddish has been big for about a year and a half, two years now since Girls Girls Trip. I think it was very heartwarming to actually see her like struggle and then pick 
back up and go at it again. Rip heartwarming? Well, um, uh, no, I don't think it was heartwarming. I, th- <laughs> I think it was more. Uh, first of all, I know Tiffany Ash. We were on a show together called uh, According to Him or Her. It was on uh, BET and Central for a while. Uh, Tiffany has been doing comedy for over 12 years. Um, it's been on Def Comedy Jam. I know what happens with comedians, you guys see us when we blow up. You don't see the 12 years and you don't realize that we've been doing it for long. You don't realize we've been on Def Comedy club Jam. Club you don't club, realize right. she's been on Bad Boys of Comedy. You don't realize she's done all these different things. All you know is girls should because that's when you finally notice someone. Yeah. Which is right. mainstream. <clears throat> so, uh, perfecting her craft. No, it wasn't hard woman. I mean, she's putting a lot of time, and it it, it can happen to anyone. Don't ever get to it. We can all bomb. Comedian, any given Sunday, someone can anybody bomb. can bomb in anything. It, 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 yeah, you was, never have a bad Sunday. Some of the best uh, episodes day. of stuff I watch is like the outtakes and stuff, like TV hosts and right. you know. Well, just radio. so you know, we're rolling on everything, even during the breaks. No, I'm joking. Josh, Josh, what about that? In, in terms of in terms of <clears throat> not being able to record while they're seeing the performance, what do you think about that? Because some I, clubs they have you put. You know, your phone goes in a pouch. Yeah. You know, I can understand that. I, I mean, I, I've seen, I've seen, I have favorite comedians here in New York City, and I've seen their their routine uh, more than one occasion, and I still laugh at it. But probably by the eighth, ninth time that I've seen it, I, I'm not. You know, it's not as funny as it was the first time. Because you know what to expect. Because I know what to expect, and I can appreciate where they had asked for no phones because. You want to see fresh. You want to see new. You want to be excited. Um, I think that it shouldn't have anything to do with, like, posting something offensive when it comes back to, you know, if you're posting something on Twitter or Instagram that was offensive that the comedian said, again, this is in the comedy club itself. Right. I think it's another thing when we're talking Oscars where it's broadcast. Yeah. Um, right. But I can appreciate when uh, when they would have a no phone policy for the comedian's perspective because there's a lot of work that we don't see. Like Rip was saying, uh, you know, I have a lot it's of... It's kind of like a work in process. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. And well, there's so much that goes into it that we don't see that even sometimes they have their phone out and I don't know how, I, you know, if you... Is this it, having it, a damn like, you, you cannot do comedy. Like, like people literally I, and go I've like seen, this. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that, that's right. horrible. I'm performing to the back of a phone. That is not... Well, that was it's, right, right. It's, it's Before I get on stage, it's all Do you really feel like you're not connecting with the people when they're there like this? You see a screen, you see nothing but from the stage and we're not there for that though that's the, th- the yeah. funny part I'm not I don't go to a comedy show to record it I go to laugh and enjoy yeah. you know like I'm not there to, to yeah, but people record everything everywhere right. yeah right. I mean on Wild and Out when we do the Wild and Out tour um around the country that is not alleged uh, <laughs> no that's very real yeah. and we do stand up we, we allow people to record it because that's an improv show that's something we do yeah. off the in our material changes every night we do different stand up every night we do different things every night so we encourage that we encourage everybody to record it but as a stand up if I were it's, it's horrible to perform like that it's horrible to perform to a phone and people are rather, instead of enjoying the actual comedy, they want to see the world to enjoy the comedy. And your whole routine is, before you get home, is on, on the internet. You can never do it again. Right. Does, does, your, does your level of success make you more so for the phones being checked at the door? Like, you're established now, but if I'm an up-and-coming comedian, maybe I want a phone to record me. You know, oh, exactly. or, 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 you, or I want the chance because you. I mean, Wild and Out that isn't that like the biggest tour, the biggest yeah. tour, yeah. Mm-hmm. touring number, show, yeah, comedy show we're ever. Number, yeah. But but if I went out to be a stand up comedian tomorrow, and I know I'm hilarious, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go up there. I may want someone to record me because I just want my big break. Because maybe I do something that's super funny and it ends up on. But then you you're, you're subject to the things you don't you don't do as funny, and the things that you don't do as funny are gonna be what people yeah. gravitate I mean, to. It, it becomes it's a roll the dice situation, right? Right. You take your chance, right? But, but if I'm if I'm trying to make it. 
But all internet comedians only put up the best. That's the p- whole purpose of the internet comedians. Well, all they, anybody all they do is put up. They get to go home, retake it, do it 20 different times, I and give you the worst. best my version worst. of whatever they want. Now, can you imagine if you watch some of your favorite Instagram comedians just put up when it first came, and you're like, oh, this sketch sucks. This yeah. guy's not funny at all. Right. And you didn't go to the that 20 hours of him editing it and cutting out every single fat part just to give you that one minute of but there is an audience for the there's an audience for the people that don't do it right every time there's a, a show on MTV Ridiculousness or Tosh.0, right, that make make light of these moments where it's not perfect. I think sometimes... But those are falls. Those are not, stand, not, not stand-up. Stand You're talking about people making fun of falls and trips and people hurting themselves and, and just buffoonery. Like, that's yeah. not the same thing as, a, you know, a, a stand-up, a joke. A worked material. Oh, right. But, but what about in terms of the entertainment community, too? Does it, Josh, do you feel like this is putting creativity overall under question, too? It's going to be to where certain content can't be discussed or the, we're going to look at certain scenes and movies differently? I, I also think that movies are something <clears throat> totally different because this is an It's act- all fiction. I, right. It's all fiction. It's an actor playing a role. I think you can be funny and I think you can make that joke because now it relies more on just the actor making that joke. That's the actor, the writer, the uh, the director, the producer that stood by and, and, and basically said it was okay, right, right to make. Um, Again, I think that there's this line that can be drawn that there it's this thicker line, but it depends on again what Rip was saying, like where where are you, right? Where is the joke funny? And I think that it comes back down to if you are at a uh, a, a, a Jewish community in Florida in in Boca Raton, you're probably not going to make Jewish jokes, right? Because that's just inappropriate there, and one would understand the line there. I, I, it all comes back down to the line, and I think just as a, as a final point, the the self deprecating humor will always work because you're not going to offend anybody if you're offending Except yourself. Except you talking about yourself. That's not true. I get people get mad well, when well, I talk about my was, daughter. That was my I qu- talk about my daughter, and people <laughs> are like, "Oh, my daughter can't read well." They be like, "Oh, why would you ever say your daughter can't read well?" And I make fun of my parents, and I'm like, "Oh, they cheat on each other, but they still together." Like, you know, I, oh, people get upset it, about that. that. I've had so I had, I remember when I did that 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 joke, and it's a true story about my parents. My parents have been together for. 39 years, and they've been cheating on each other for 38 years. And that's the honest-to-God truth. And my dad had a, a girlfriend named uh, Jockey. I didn't know. I used to call her Auntie Jockey. I didn't know that wasn't my daddy's girlfriend. I had no idea. You this know is a Auntie true Jockey story. was the right. I didn't know. I had no one idea. The one day I came home, and my mom was like, that's not your auntie. That's your daddy's girlfriend. And I go outside. Your Uncle Charles going to take you to the zoo. And when I did that, <laughs> this was a true story. And MTV was like, we had a show called Wild on Tour, and MTV was like, no, we cannot air that. It is offended to so many people. Your parents have to sign a release and show that it's real. You need to do all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, for me telling what really happened in right, my life. Right, right. That's a real experience. Right. Like me talking about leaving my door in the car. I really did leave my yeah. door in the car. I'm not that old horrible father. I just didn't trust around a lot of people when I used to stand up. So, you know, she's sitting in the lobby now with the Nutribrain bars and the latte. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't see, somebody's going to be like, this is a black <laughs> child. <laughs> Can we see Black Child? That was going to be my multicultural child. That was going to be my question to him before. Was that when you do stand up, have you ever been approached by a black person that's and they said like, dude, like, like you're supposed to have my back. Like, why, why would you? Oh my god, that? all the time. Like, yeah. oh, well, I talk like, about my dad being say? on drugs, and I was like, oh, why would you do that? Why would you bring that into the to, to society as a black man? You shouldn't be focusing on the negative things of your society and what you're doing. You're focusing on and playing into the negativity stereotypes. Like my dad was on crack. What? He was a horrible drug dealer. He got high on his own supply and never sold anything. He just smoked it all and owed himself <laughs> a whole bunch of money, and he beat up himself because yeah. that's what he owed the money to. He was going around looking for somebody like him. But I'm, that's not even a joke. But that's the truth. 
mm-hmm. of what my life is. And that's what Richard Pryor did. You talk about the truth, but now that's becoming even under scrutiny where you can't yeah. even do that. You that's can't even where the line about, is that I get angry about. Is. That's what I get angry about in that if this is a <clears throat> real life experience where it is self-deprecating humor, I think that is fully allowed. Um, and it's not offend. This is your real life experience, and isn't comedy most of your real life experience where people? That's what makes it funny. Just and that's what makes it like this is your truth, and it's hilarious because we're hearing about somebody else that wasn't us. That's the line. That's the line. But what about what about the burden on on public figures, entertainers, especially comedians like what Rip Rip was saying? You you're not just you're talking about your personal life, but then you also have to become kind of like a symbol for whatever you're perceived of, whether it's men, men of color, what, whatever it happens to be. Yeah, I think we're, I think sometimes we put way too much um, social ho- pressure, hopes and dreams into a comedian or yeah. to anyone that they're going to like, you know, be the beacon of hope for our future right. and, and change the world. I think we can just take it in the moment and say, I'm going to watch Rip and he's going to make me laugh. And it's entertainment. And it's just entertainment. I don't need him to be a, a model for my son, you know, growing up. And I, I think this brings into an interesting question, and I don't mean to bring it there, but, like, about race and how certain <clears throat> things are funny within certain communities. Because I don't, I, don't, I don't know if John Mulaney, who does a lot of his stand-up, talking about his parents and how they were. And he, one of his stand-up uh, routines was how his mother loved Bill Clinton and took him to the presidential, uh, one of his presidential, presidential dinners and was, like, trying to get with Bill Clinton. But he doesn't get any flack or like pause for that. But I think black humor is perceived differently sometimes, and I think people want to like pump the brake and say that's too much truth for us. That's too much uh, for us to, to take. That's too real. That's not. That's not funny. I'm okay with uh, you know generic suburban humor. Urban humor hurts too much. All right, Rip. I'm going to give you the last word on that because we're just about out of time. What do you think about that? Um, I think that, you know, within our cultures, we want to be uplifted. And I think that, like you're saying, people are looking for us to be that, that beacon light. And, and, and everything is scrutinized now. Like, you, joke, you make joke about women. And I, I did a, the clatchy thing I've been doing for years. And the Me right. Too people were like, oh, you can't say that. They were trying to come at me like I was one of R. Kelly's friends or his bodyguards or something in the mansion. <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> I'm not just shit light, but see, like, someone's going to be offended right. by that. It was like, oh, why would you bring that up? Like, that's where we are. Right. Exactly. You don't want to say anything. Right. Yeah. He was like, I don't want to say anything, well, but you, I thought you, the light. You are, wait, <laughs> but hold, a friend of mine is in that house to this day. But hold on. <laughs> and you just came from Chicago. So. Oh, oh, that was last oh, week on Street Soldiers. I'm no, from no, Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. But last time you came from L.A., so yeah, you're yeah. all over. Okay, okay. Enjoy but, your last show, man. It's going to be really good, man. It's going to be really good. Mind telling me no. I didn't want to say anything until last show. No, but it is, it is coming to a point where we just have to be more sensitive and we have to be aware that, you know, people are offended. And, you know, with everything and climate that is going on, we have to be more sensitive. And that's just what the climate of comedy is changing to. And I think that uh, as comedians, we're learning and we're evolving to to find different ways to make people funny. We're all and, and making ourselves more clever. Yeah. And, I, and I hope you guys won't be offended, but we are out of time. Okay. Oh. So I, I want to thank you all for offended. <laughs> highly offended. Yes. This is an hour program. Yeah. <laughs> I never I got my latte. I, <laughs> I got, didn't get a Nutri-Grain bar. All right, you, you, you get all your. I didn't. Did. We'll get everyone a bar. We'll get everyone a coffee. The we'll director's cut of this is going to be amazing. Exactly. <laughs> all right, I want to thank you all for being with us for this episode of Street Soldiers. Josh McBride, we appreciate it. Uh, Rip Michaels, Wild and Out. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> the bow with the, with the. Did you want to take a bow here? No, just, okay. Clayton let's Davis. Let's go here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. 
dust off the shoulder, right? Okay, thank you so much for being (laughs) with us. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace.